You're listening to the Eltham Baptist Church Podcast. Yes, so Stu has given me um, kind of privileges to, to speak, and he said I can speak on whatever I like. So I'm going to do that, and I'm going to let him clean up any heresies <laughs> next week. But uh, yeah, here we go. You may be thinking, why did I not bring a Bible up here? It's because I've got it printed out. You can do that these days. <laughs> um, for, those of you that, uh, for those of you that know me uh, particularly well, you wouldn't be completely ridiculous to think that I'm a reasonably well-behaved person um, most of the time. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to hope so anyway. I'd like to hope you think I'm a reasonably behaved person. Uh, it might shock you to know that that's not always been the case. In fact, when I was uh, in the early part of high school, I got into a little bit of mischief um, from time to time, had a few detentions here and there. Um, I was a bit of a mischief maker. I wasn't a complete um, hooligan, but yeah, from time to time, got in a bit of trouble. And there was this one, there was this one time, uh, it, it was in year seven, there was a history test coming up. And I, it was first thing in the morning, this history test. And I was, so I'm walking to school uh, on this morning of the history test. And I'm sort of, I have this moment of realisation, I don't know all of the dates of the Egyptian pharaohs that I'm supposed to know for this history test. And so I'm walking, it was a bit of an awkward moment. I'm kind of thinking, and I don't know if, if, if you've been in that situation before where it's kind of like, ooh, <laughs> really should know that. And anyway, I'm walking along and um, I'm walking with my friend and I said, you don't happen to know the, the dates of, of by heart, do you? And he said, yeah, yeah. So I, I thought, I am a genius. I know what I'll do. I'll get out a pen and I'll just write them on my hands and then I'll just look at them in the test and that's great, brilliant. Who, like, why has no one thought of this before? <laughs> anyway, I, I get into the test and for some reason I sat myself directly in front of the teacher and <laughs> doing, doing the test and kind of, I didn't actually need the dates in the end. They didn't. There wasn't a question on there in relation to the dates. And, and I'm kind of just doing this test, and eventually she notices me, and she's, she's saying, Lachlan, what, what is that on your hands? What are you doing? And, and it sort of struck me, I think, at that point, yeah, you know what? You don't just write the answers on your hands when you go into a test. You, you just don't do that. And it was, yeah, so she wrote on my test, and it was, it was a bit of an awkward situation. I think I had a detention for that one. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where there's this sort of feeling of guilt, where there's something that you're supposed to know, but you don't know it, and it's, it's a bit awkward. Um, maybe you are talking to someone who you know you've met before, and you just can't remember their name, and you're thinking, I really should know your name, but I don't. I really should know this thing, but I don't. I want to turn you to a passage of scripture, and by the way, you're welcome to... Um, Follow with me this morning, but I will be going through a few passages of scripture. Passages of scripture. So, if you want to follow with me, that's fine. But they'll also be up on the on the projector. This is Matthew seven twenty one to twenty three. This is what it says: <clears throat> Not everyone who says to me, "Lord, Lord," will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. 
I don't think this uh, is necessarily referring to some of us here today. I think Jesus is speaking to a particular, particular group of people who are misusing the gospel um, for their own gain. But nonetheless, when I, when I came across this for the first time um, several years ago, I felt incredibly convicted by it. Um, incredibly convicted because I uh, don't want to be I don't want to get to the end of my life and, and be standing before Jesus and have him tell me, I didn't know you. And, and I found that incredibly convicting throughout my life to the point where I am compelled to endeavor to know Christ um, in all that he is and all that he says uh, and all that he does. And I think that it's so important that we know Christ. Um, as Christians, it's, it's a fundamental part of, of who we are as Christians. And, and Paul understood this, this importance as well. So... Um, turn to Philippians 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 4 to 8. This is what Paul says about knowing Christ. If someone, think, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me now, or whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. So I think we can take from Paul's assessment of, of knowing Christ. This is an argument he's, he's um, making about the difference between um, law and, and, and spirit-based faith. Um, but based on his assessment of, of the worth of knowing Christ, um, there's a number of things which he now considers worthless in comparison. And let's, let's, go, through, let's go through this little list that Paul, Paul puts up here. Uh, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. So that's essentially his, his heritage, his, his culture and his, his family that's, that's a huge part of his identity. He now considers that worthless for the sake of knowing Christ. That's how important it is to him. In regard to the law, a Pharisee, uh, that's, that's basically his, his job, his career, I suppose, um, or his, his position. He now considers it worthless for the sake of knowing Christ. As for zeal, persecuting the church, um, I suppose in a way that's uh, one of his life goals or, or part of his status, um, he, he now considers it worthless for the sake of knowing Christ. And righteousness based on the law, faultless. In a way, he's, that's, that was kind of his self-worth. So all of these parts of his life, um, a huge part of his life and a huge part of his identity, he now considers completely worthless compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. And I think that's, that's pretty incredible. I think Paul clearly understands the, the value of knowing Christ and he considers, he considers every aspect of his life worthless because of it. So what measures, what measures do we take to know Christ? What, what do we put before knowing Christ and knowing God? Do we put our, do we put our jobs before knowing God? Do we put our, our family before knowing God? Do we put our status before knowing God, our identity I think, it's, I think it's very valuable knowing, knowing God and knowing Christ. But how is it that we actually go about doing that? Well, John 10, 
John chapter 10, verses 1 to 5. It says here, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And then on to verse 14. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Uh, it's a very good, very good passage of scripture. You could probably speak for two years on that one, I think. <laughs> but I've only got 20 minutes. Um, so do you actually know God's voice? Um, do, or how do you know God's voice? How do you know what God's voice sounds like? I think this is a big, this is a big thing for us as Christians. And in my opinion, the answer is actually quite straightforward. I think we, we get to know God we get to know God's voice by spending time with him. It says in Mark 1.35, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Very early in the morning he got up because he knew that it was so important that he spent time in communion with the Father that he, he was willing to get up very early in the morning to spend time with him when it was still dark. So I want to suggest that if you, if you want to know God's voice, if you really want to know God's voice, you need to know God. And I, cannot, I believe you cannot expect to know God only by spending time in Christian community. I think you actually need to be spending time with God to, to come to know him. <coughs> the Bible is, is God's living word. It says, Hebrews 4.12, 4, that it's alive and powerful. So the same God that is outside of time, uh, who holds time in his hand, is inspiring the writers of the Bible that's, that, and is speaking to us today at the same time. He, he's outside of time and he sees all of time and he's speaking to these Bible writers and he's speaking to us. So really, the, the, it, it's God speaking to humanity and revealing his, his character to humanity, which, which is an eternal character. It's an unchanging character. He doesn't change. He's consistent. So the Bible really is, is a record of God grounded through history. It's, it's God revealing himself to humanity to be known. So if we want to know God's voice, we need to know what God says. And if we want to know what God says, we need to know his character. We need to read the Bible, basically. <laughs> if we want to know God's character, we need to read the Bible. It's how we come to understand his character. We need to spend time reading it, understanding it, familiarizing ourselves with it, because when we know the Bible, we know God's word, we know what he's like, we know how he acts, and we can come to understand his voice speaking to us because of his eternal and unchanging character. He's the same God that we read about, he's the same God that we, we can speak to so freely now, it's the same God that we were worshipping before. He, he's speaking to, to the people who are writing the Bible that we read, and he's speaking to us now. And so if we want to know what his voice is like, 
We need to look at what he's already said. I think you can trust in the character of God um, that you read about, but you, you have to spend time exploring it if you want to get to know him. And there's a sacrifice involved in that. Um, I don't think that's really... It's, it seems pretty obvious. I think it's not going to be easy. But this is exactly what Paul was getting at uh, when he's, he's listing these things. He's saying the value of knowing Christ is, is surpassing. It has surpassing worth. It's, it's, yeah, there's nothing else that compares to it. And this is what Paul, Paul was getting at. But I think, yeah, I think that there is a difference between knowing about God and, and actually knowing God. So to illustrate, um, many of you may know Facebook. Um, <laughs> Facebook's a bit weird. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I really like Facebook. It sort of serves a bit of a convenient uh, purpose, I think, for many of us. But it's a bit strange. You, you sort of you, you interact with these people on, on a certain level, but you, you, you also kind of don't really interact with them at the same time. And there's, there's actually been a few uh, instances of circumstances where there has been someone that I... I'll go on Facebook and I'll see this person. It might be a friend of mine or, or an acquaintance or, or a friend of a friend or someone like that. And I, I sort of see some of the things that they get up to because they, if they appear on, on Facebook regularly enough, see some of the things that they get up to and, and some of the things that they're doing and a little bit about what their character is like. Uh, and even though, even though I've seen them a lot and, and seen them on Facebook, there's, there has actually been a few circ- like in- instances where I have met a person in, in real life who I've seen on Facebook, and I still have to introduce myself to them. <laughs> I think that's so weird. Even though I, even though I know this person uh, seemingly well, even though I see all the things they get up to and the people they hang around with, hang around with I still have to introduce myself to them because I don't know them. Um, it might be the same with uh, it might be the, the same with celebrity. You know, we see celebrities all the time uh, in the media. But if you go up to to a celebrity and and expect them to to know you, it doesn't really work like that. You're going to have to introduce yourself. <laughs> And I'm, I'm worried that there are scores and scores of Christians out there who know a lot about God, who spend a lot of time in Christian community, and who hear about all of the things that God is doing and what he, get up, what, he, what he gets up to, what he's like, the ways that he's at work, but they don't actually know that God. I think God has invited us into a relationship with him, and it goes so much further and so much deeper than merely hearing about him and discussing him with other people on a regular basis. I think it goes much deeper than that. Here's what it says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10 to 12. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. This is essentially, this was his mission to the world. This is why Jesus came. This is why he died on the cross. Because he wanted us to have this access to him. And it's, it's why Jesus died on the, cross, on the cross, so that we could approach God and that we could enter into this relationship with God with freedom and confidence. God clearly wants to be known. He wants us to know him. 
and he wants us to know him deeply and intimately. I think that it's when we know God that we can worship God. It's kind of hard to, to worship something that you don't really know particularly well. You can sort of sing, sing words about God, but if you don't really know God, it's, it's a little different. I think when it's when you know God that you can see where God is at work because you know what his character is like because you've seen it in the Bible. Um, it's, it's, it's when you know God that you can see where he's working and you can join in with him in that. It's when you know God that you behave like Christ because he, he's set an example for us and when we, when we know him intimately and deeply, um, we know how he would behave and we know how we should behave. It's when we know God, I think that we know his voice because he, we know what he says because of his eternal and unchanging and consistent character we can come to understand his voice. But ultimately, I think that this is how, this is how he's glorified. He's glorified uh, by us knowing him and by being known. I think that if you want to know God, absolutely you have to spend time with him. And as I said, I, I don't think it's enough to merely spend time in Christian community talking about God. If you, if you really want to know him, you need to spend time with him. So I want to ask you this question. When you're standing before the Father in heaven, at the end of your life, what is it going to be like for you? Are you going to have to introduce yourself? Or are you going to be looking at a familiar face? Let me pray. Dear Lord, I, I, just, I just pray that, that you would... Uh, Continue to reveal your unchanging and eternal character to us, Lord. Thank you that we have this availability, this freedom and this confidence to approach you, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would be a people not who, who talk about you, not who know about you, Lord, but, but people who know you, people who know you deeply and intimately, Lord, that we may become more and more like you, that may, we may glorify you, and the, that we may join your work in the world. God, we want to be that kind of a people, Lord. And I pray for, for each person here that, um, that you would convict each of us to, to be doing that, to be spending time in communion with you, Lord, uh, reading the Bible and praying. Continue to convict each of us, Lord. In your name, amen. You've been listening to the Eltham Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to hear more or simply pay us a visit, go to www.elthambaptist.net.